was the fact that in your worst case scenario of the Titans offense, in, yeah. in this worst case scenario, King Kong is still yeah. just really yeah, good. Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> Welcome in to the Hot Read Podcast for Monday, July the 3rd. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at broadwaysportsmedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and you can follow me on Twitter at Easton Freeze. I'm joined, as always, by producer JT, who you can follow on Twitter at JT underscore Runky. JT, how are we doing? I'm phenomenal. Today phenomenal. is such a great day. Today, and why is that? On the day that we're recording this Sunday, uh, July right. the 2nd. I'm having such a fantastic day because today is Indiana Jones Day for me. I'm going <laughs> oh, to see right. Indiana Jones tonight. Um, yeah. So I couldn't be better. The The vibes are high I, today. I've heard, I love that the vibes are high. I'm excited for you. You're a big Indiana Jones fan. We, You and I watched, we rewatched Temple of Doom last week just for fun, um, which is always a great rewatch. I, I've heard mixed things on it. Are you, are you just going in and you're going to, you're going to love it regardless yeah, I mean, the mixed things are from like, you know, no matter. yeah, I mean, I, I don't, the mixed things are probably from people who are like looking to like find something wrong with it, um, you know, but like, I'm not going to find anything wrong with it. I'm just going to go in and have a good time. So I'm excited. <laughs> well, um, we'll, we'll anxiously await your review on Friday's show. <laughs> um, we've also got 4th of July coming up tomorrow for those that are listening on Monday, on Tuesday. This is the super duper long 4th of July weekend right now. And uh, any any exciting plans? Do you have any anything lined up for your Fourth of July? Or it's kind of weird I mean, on a Tuesday, no. isn't it? It's yeah, like it's a awkward... little. Yeah, I would say so. It's a little weird on a Tuesday for sure. Um, but no, I I'm the only family within like a 300 mile radius of right. where I live. So like, I'm just gonna chill. <laughs> like, might no, just nothing, find some some nothing. hangs on on a last minute basis. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about I, our our church camp it does the 4th of July week every year and they're like doing all kinds of fun, pick up basketball and football and stuff. And so I was thinking if I had nothing else to do, I might just go up there and boo around see what's going on have some fun. Um, just dunking on some kids, you know, what's better there than that go. every yeah. once in a while, just dunk on some kids. Cause I can dunk. Um, so a couple of things today we're going to get into before we talk football. Um, we're going to talk a little bit rate limits. Everybody's favorite Twitter topic, baby have to t- can't just pretend it didn't exist. We won't spend a long time on it. We're also going to talk about uh, a little Preds action. Very, very much um, in the thick of the offseason for the NHL right now. We had the um, free agency open up. What was it on Saturday, on Friday? This past weekend, free agency open, correct? Yeah, uh, it'd be on Saturday. Okay, and so we'll talk a little bit about that here at the top and then uh, a cool little announcement about the show. And then we'll get into the warm-up today, which I think is an interesting thought that I had just about football philosophy and fan philosophy and the way that fans interact with each other. And uh, you may think that I'm uh, really wrong and you may hate this take, or you may think this is interesting perspective, Easton. Well done. I'm, this is going to make my life more Zen, more, maybe I'll be a happier person. So we'll, we'll dive into all that. And then little Titans news. Um, not the best news in the world last week. Our Friday show was basically the NPF got suspended. Oh, no show. Today in Titans news, we have some more bad news that if you've not been living under a rock, you're going to be um, familiar with already. But we'll talk about that with the Titans running back. They got himself in some serious trouble um, and then we'll get out of here and we will move on to Friday's episode, which I'll, I'll touch on more at the very end of the show. But we've got a very 
fun guest. I know both of us are looking forward to having this guest on. It's going to be a very different episode than these off-season episodes we've done so far. It's going to be a ton of substance, full of information. It's going to be one you don't want to miss. More on that in a bit. But first of all, Twitter rate limits. Um, <laughs> not fun. Not a fun time, JT. I know uh, I, I have Twitter blue. I've had Twitter blue for a couple months before Elon ever even bought Twitter. I had it back when uh, Jack Dorsey and company were running things and Twitter blue was a brand new thing. And, you know, if, if you like, I, I get the haha, you Twitter blue, you pay for your checkmark. You think you're cool. Like, I, I understand that a lot of people do that. Um, it's a bummer for me. Like, I almost wish that Twitter blue came with the option to turn on or off your checkmark because I got it before the checkmark months before the checkmark even was a part of the package. And I got it because it allowed you to upload longer videos and create custom feeds and do stuff that for my job where I live on Twitter a lot and, and do a lot of news things on there, following the Titans, covering the Titans, posting stuff from training camp and mini camp and the games. It made it a lot easier. And I, I thought it was well worth the money. And I still think it's well worth the money and I enjoy it. Um, and and it, it affords me the opportunity to look at 10 times more tweets than you peasants, you poor little regular Twitter users, you non star bellied sneeches out there. Um, it's an interesting time, JT. I know that on whenever that rolled out uh, Saturday, I think it was. Yeah, it was yesterday. Y you were texting me very upset because you were uh, doing something where you had nothing to do but just sit on your phone. And you're like, what do I do with my life? And I was like, well, I guess just touch grass. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. And I couldn't. I was like stuck inside <laughs> all day yesterday. I was say, like, Saturday, nothing... you couldn't even touch grass in Nashville because it was storming and hurricane gale uh, force winds. And not to mention like it happened like literally 30 minutes into like the start of the free agent period for NHL. And right. which is like one of my favorite times of year because I love all the signings. So I literally just like, couldn't like watch it yesterday. And I was very yeah. mad. I was like, it sucks. Uh, like I, I woke sucks. up this, I woke up this morning to, and I'm a fan of the Tampa Bay lightning, but I like woke up this morning to realize that the lightning have basically just signed a brand new bottom six to their team. There's like oh, going to cool, be like yeah. five new forwards on the team. And yeah. like, I, and you just I had know. no idea. I had no sure. idea because I was, I was not allowed to be on Twitter yesterday, which is, which is basically well, what you comes were, down you to. were your ration. You went through your ration very quickly of 600 tweets that you could view. <laughs> and yeah, well, I mean, people... there was, there was like about 600 tweets just alone about the national predators moves yesterday. So like, I couldn't yes. even get to the rest of the rest this of the NHL. True. Like, well, I mean, folks today were on Twitter yesterday morning. The, it, I think that the limit was implemented before they announced it. Right. Because for a while you were like, what's going on? Yes. Is Twitter broken? Is it down? Oh no, this is just part of the thing now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's already over or not like today, like fingers across knock on wood. I've been scrolling just fine. <laughs> You have um, been? Okay, good. I have. Well, I've I mean, they've, doubled, seen, they've doubled the number since the first limit. It was originally yeah. 6,000 tweets for verified Twitter blue users, 600, 10 times less for unverified users, and 300 for brand new unverified users. It sounds like there's some murkiness as to what the, like, the announcement was that it's because they are trying to stop data scraping and system manipulation which to anybody like, you know, like I read that and I'm like, okay, like I understand that sounds like bad. That sounds not good. I have no idea what that means. Um, and also it, it, is it bad enough to justify 
breaking the app? Like, is it? Is, it may be bad, but is it? Is it a necessary evil? Is my question basically. Um, I get people being upset. I do think folks because they there's a lot of politicization beside behind Twitter and like Elon Musk. People love him or they hate him. He's very polarizing. They they a lot of people chose to ignore the fact that in the original announcement it said temporary limits. I'm of the mind that, and maybe this is because I'm somebody that is like, you know, 85% of my sports interest is the NFL or I guess football at large. And so this time of year, it's a bummer, but like for a big NHL head or a big NBA head who are deep into the off seasons of those sports right now, I can understand. Like if, if this happened right in the middle of training camp a month from now, I'm sure I'd be furious. I'm sure I would. And it wouldn't even affect me all that much because I have 10 times what unverified users have in terms of limits. But people are like, why do you like, why are you even complaining? You get 10 times the scroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, somebody who's a content creator and a professional on the platform, it's important for me to be able to use the app. It's also important for me to have the people that follow me be able to use the app because what's the point of me putting stuff on there and still being able to use it if none of my followers can see it? That that's equally as frustrating to me because it's my job to get engagement. Anyways, um, I do think it's going to like in 24 hours, it almost doubled. The limits are now up to 10,000, 1,500. I, I feel like the backlash is so strong. Like, would you, I, I personally will be shocked if this is still a problem by the end of this week, for example, like, I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. Are you scared? It's going to be a long-term thing. I, I'm not neither scared nor really care. I'm just, I was okay. just mad that like, <laughs> I couldn't watch the NHL free agency yesterday. Like Fair. I literally like, one of my favorite players in Alex Kalorn got like signed in Anaheim. Didn't even see that until this morning. Like you I could have gone old school and like turned on NHL TV or something. I mean, well, I, I was, I was on the NHL free agency tracker yesterday when I could okay. be, but like, yeah. you know, yeah. that they, the NHL doesn't do a great job of like keeping that up to date and whatnot. And they, do, there's no, there's no like in-depth analysis that just says player a signed for, with this player. <laughs> he is a forward or something yeah, like that. The, and I'm like, the, the least Thank possible you. context. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the NHL. Um, while we're, while we're talking about it, we can go ahead and segue. The rate limit stuff is going to be talked about on every show. And I'm already regretting us spending five minutes on it because it's everybody's annoyed and hoping it goes away. <laughs> um, the, the Preds made a lot of moves and we're going to, we're going to do five good minutes here on the predators. If you don't want to listen to this and you don't care at all, and you are here for the football, I, totally fine. Just go to the the timestamps at the bottom of the podcast. Um, if you're listening via podcast, scroll down. You'll see the, the timestamps and you can scroll ahead um, on YouTube. They'll be there on Twitter. They'll be there. Just check to where you should scroll ahead roughly five minutes from now. But I do think it is worth bearing because we are in the quietest portion of the year for football. And the Preds are a local team. We're a local show. They the Barry Trotz era. Uncle Barry making some moves. Um, you're the hockey head here, JT. Explain to somebody like me who sees him make the seemingly very bold and surprising decisions to let Ryan Johansson go and it would trade him away, right? Get his contract halfway off the books. And then Matt Duchesne, your other, um, you know, kind of veteran piece alongside Johansson. I guess it was kind of Duchesne, Johansson, and Forsberg were the, the big three veteran guys on the team. Well, now Duchesne is, is, he was practically cut, right? And he now is signing with the stars, it looks like, on a one-year deal. But it seems like even he was cut off guard by that, and that was kind of out of nowhere for everybody. Then Barry Trotz brings... You're like, okay, youth movement, right? Youth movement, cool. 
you get the young guys, brand new era, clean slate, understandable. Then he brings in two big splash free agent signings of guys that are like in their 30s, 31, 32, 33 years old. And I know that you were a fan of these moves, but there's been a lot of questions for folks that like, you know, on the service for me, okay, you got rid of two known quantities, guys on the team that were old and replaced them with two new old guys to like be mentors for the young guys. Like make, make that make sense a little bit. Well, I think first of all, most people are just like more angry about or angry and confused about the Duchesne move more than anything else. Sure. Um, I, I also, it's still kind of a head scratcher as to why you could trade away uh, Johansson's contract and retain half of it, but you couldn't do the same with, Matthew Shane and I understand mm. um from Elliot Freeman on 1025 the game talking about there were like he they were trying actively to uh trade him but I guess just nobody wanted to trade for him at like I I'm I'm confused about the inner workings of how that maybe went down. Colorado was like the only team that was interested in Johan like maybe both really didn't have a trade market and you just happened to find one team that was way too excited about this guy for no reason like that's the only thing I can I mean think yeah of. I it's just pretty interesting either way like it it's good in the long term a head scratching move when you consider he's going to be owed five to six million dollars over the next one to two years and dead cap right. um and, and it saves them year. what like six this year like not a ton uh, yeah almost like just about half of it so it, it's an okay. interesting move i with the gustav nyquist and ryan o'reilly signings i i i am one who actually thinks this is a better signing for the preds than a lot of people think yeah um as you were saying to your point of bringing in just different 30 year old veterans. The, the two 30 year old veterans who were on their way out were supposed to be your, your guys who drove the offense and they did not I do see. that. Primary pieces of the offense. They, the they roles did not are do that very well. I think everyone can agree that whether it was injuries for Johansson or just the inefficiencies that both him and Duchesne have had over the years. I, I understand why Barry Trotz wants to go in a different direction especially when you had such a resurgent from a young core during the back half of the season when you thought you were basically out of it right i love the ryan o'reilly signing ryan o'reilly is just a veteran veteran like this dude was the con Smythe winner when the st louis blues won the stanley cup about right i want to say three four years ago three, now think, yeah three, um at least within the last five years, he, he, in this year, he made a very significant impact in the playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win them their first series in 19 years, a series that go Canada, go baby. And, if you go back and look at <laughs> as a fan of the Tampa Bay lightning, that they should not have won, but Ryan yeah. was a big, um, big part of that. And look, as I, as I told you, like, uh, like in our text, these guys aren't going to be, your guys who are scoring. However, they're going to be the guys who get the young guys to score. Like Gustav Nyquist and Ryan O'Reilly are going to be the guys who get Yuso Parson and, and Cody Glass and a bunch of these other guys who they're bringing back to be your top goal scorers. And I think the big thing is also you just need Philip Forsberg uh, hurt, who I <laughs> I won't get into Philip Forsberg. We can talk about him mm. at a later <laughs> date. Don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then... It's just some other signings. Luke Shen, he's an older defenseman, but he I he played for the Lightning as well. I love Luke Shen. He was also on the Maple Leafs uh, this past this past season. Was a big factor in the uh, in the 
postseason. So I really like right. the moves for them. Um, it's just that you didn't get a big splash guy who's going to be your scorer because I think Barry Trotz wants to go with from within. So what I what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm misunderstanding you, it kind of sounds like, and ignore the ages, but it's kind of like the Warriors moving off of Jordan Poole, who's supposed to be kind of a driver of the offense, and bringing in a CP3 who's going to be more of a distributor and facilitate others on the offense. Is that an accurate comparison? Like, are these guys these guys are going to play a different role, basically? I think so. Um, yeah, basically like that. I think the, I think the Preds just want a different role because for the past four years, they've, it's just been the offensive inefficiencies on this team who have these guys who are supposed to be your goal scorers have been so inefficient. And that's just kind of what has uh, just gotten their way. And now Barry Trotz clearly wants to go with something different. Well, I'll mention this and this we'll move on after this, but um, something that came out and I don't know when these statements were made by Barry Trotz, but I'm just seeing it um, like the hour before we recorded this on Sunday. This article mentions um, I'll just I'll just read this verbatim and this is from Trotz. Trotz also saw a team that had become stagnant with too many players happy to be predators and living in Nashville, but not a part of a culture that fostered the kind of mission statement Trotz envisions as far as becoming a championship team one day. Parting ways with Johansson and Duchesne sends a strong message to the remaining roster. So does bringing in O'Reilly and Shen. It's a new era in Nashville. Quote, I needed a change of culture, Trotz said. Some of our core got a little bit too comfortable. That makes it make more sense to me. Like if if Duchesne and Johansson were kind of just stagnant you know it makes it makes them sound like they got a little too comfortable and fat and happy just kind of happy to be here which i know trots had a quote earlier this week which i'm going to paraphrase and probably butcher but he's like i don't i don't want you to come to nashville to retire i want you to come to nashville to win and that seems kind of prescient now that we hear this like maybe that's kind of what he saw those guys as they came here they, they were here in nashville to retire not to win he wants guys who can win yeah i mean and it's just like, I mean, Matt Duchesne has just never been the guy that you wanted here in Nashville. I mean, he had one great year right. in 2021, 22, where he scored 86 points, but and then kind of came back down to earth last year, even when Philip Forsberg was out and was expected to take a little bit more of that role. He only scored 56 points, um, only had 22 goals. So it, it's just not exactly what you want um, from, from that team. And so right. I, I totally get it. it. I'm kind of just, like I said, on the other side of the ball here, I think it's a really good move for Nashville to bring in guys like Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Luke Shen and Gustav Nyquist. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, JT. Let's move on. Um, before we do get into the warm up, warm up today, I do want to mention because I do have Twitter blue just to tie all of this together. Um, <laughs> we, we have the full version of the show now going up on Twitter on my account, True. the full video version, not like, this is separate from when we go live and you get the you know the live stream video link embedded in Twitter. This is like a video that I post to Twitter all 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes of the show right there embedded in Twitter. And now I don't know if people know this, JT, like on YouTube where you can go picture in picture and, you know, navigate the app while the video is still playing in the bottom of your screen on your phone. You can do that in Twitter now, too. There's a little thing up in the corner when you're watching the video. So you can you can listen to the show and doom scroll until you hit your rate limit if you want to. That is the thing maybe you that, can do now. Maybe that's why Elon implemented it because you started putting the hot repodcast. Yeah, on yeah your, exactly. On you peasants feed. only get one thousand tweets per day to make room for my eighty minute uploads twice a week. Um, that seems there like a fair trade. You're all very welcome. Yep, it's my fault. All right, let's move on to the warm up today. 
which um, is kind of an abstract idea and a very off-season topic, like very much this is an off-season thought. But I, I thought it was interesting, and it revolves around one Mr. Benjamin Solak and a tweet of his that, again, everything, I guess, has to do with rate limits right now on Twitter. Um, because as much people, here's the secret, as much as people hate hate Twitter and talk about how they're going to leave and how the, the app is dying, um, it's like the app itself is at an all-time relevance high right now and usage high. Like people, turns out bad, bad press is, is still good press. Good press, bad press, it's all good press. Um, so that being said, Benjamin Solak over at The Ringer put out a tweet that, spoiler folks, was a bit. Like this is, it's a joke. And for those that that saw this tweet and took it seriously, um, I know our guy Zach Lyons tweeted this out earlier today. It makes me want to agree with Elon and be like, some of y'all should be limited as to how many tweets you get to look at. He he tweeted some, something to the effect of, oh, so now that it's like 4 p.m. and a lot of people have hit their limit for tweets they can view, people won't be able to see this tweet, question mark, and then replied to that tweet with this string of what is obviously him very cheekily listing off as many hot half-baked takes he can think of to piss people off as a bit about how people can't see the tweet and how he's not going to get in trouble because people can't see it and get mad. And so he tweeted, Dolphins winning the AFC, Lamar MVP, Saints going to finish last, NFC South, Seahawks are winning the West, Jalen Hurts is a little overrated, Titans' worst record in the NFL, Colts are making the playoffs, 49ers shouldn't give up on Lance, Belichick should pull a Sean Payton, which is a very funny list. Um, I think a lot of these are are... Um, varying degrees of half baked. Um, like the last one, Belichick should pull a Sean Payton. I'm I'm on board with that. I think that's a pretty decent idea. Just take a year off and go somewhere better. Um, get out from under the Mac Jones cloud. Um, 49ers shouldn't give up on Lance. I'm kind of with him on that. Colts making the playoffs. Hmm. Uh, the Titans' worst record in the NFL is the the point of what we're going to talk about here in a second. And people are like, oh my god, the Titans' worst. We'll get to that. Um, Dolphins winning the AFC. Bills fans don't want to hear that one. Lamar MVP. I mean, he already did it once. Possible. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. He put out that tweet. Those are all very intentionally inflammatory statements. And folks took it, ran with it. They, um, It's funny. It got popular today, which kind of proves his point that I don't think a lot of people saw it until they got re-upped the next day with, with new tweets. But um, a guy that I follow, Brett Coleman, who's another fantastic um, NFL member of the media. He does a lot of uh, really awesome stuff on YouTube with film breakdowns and whatnot. He quote tweeted that tweet. Um, and he said, I understand the argument for the Titans having the worst record in the league this year. But at the same time, I think that locker room would drag themselves over a field of broken glass covered in salt and lemon juice just to get Vrabel to eight wins if they could, which is a very based statement. If anyone knows Mike Vrabel, then that's that's like a lot of people who are really, really down on the Titans this year are still not willing to put them in that top three, top five pick in next year's draft conversation because they're like, well, Vrabel exists. Like he's going to win two or three more games and this roster probably should. And I responded to Brett and just said, understandably in the year of our Lord 2023, nobody seems to remember or care, but there is in fact an entire side of the ball, JT, we call the defense. And Tennessee has a pretty nice one of those of which all of the key players and starters are returning this year. Um, so that's probably going to be pretty good. A couple of things before I, I get into my main point here. Um, ben, first of all, Ben Solak, we got the, the opportunity to meet and briefly hang out with Ben at the, uh, at the, at the combine in this, this past spring. Couldn't be a nicer guy. Very genuine, nice dude. Um, 
So I, I, I think Ben's awesome. Folks are like, oh, Ben's an internet nerd. Like, you didn't know what he's talking about. Doesn't know ball. Ben's so like knows ball, first of all. I don't know what you're talking Yes, I see this take on Twitter kind of regularly because he is not a huge, like he typically is not big on the Titans, which a lot of people aren't. And so Titans fans take issue with that. But Ben knows ball, guys. Um, he's also a really nice guy. So all of this is, is again, tongue in cheek because I, I don't think he actually wholeheartedly believes all these takes. It, it was seemingly a bit. Um, my re my response to Brett's tweet about how this team has a pretty good defense and my my take JT is this whole offseason has been no matter how bad the Titans offense is the defense is going to keep their floor higher than folks think like one two three four wins like I think this defense alone wins this team five or six games and then the offense is going to dictate the rest of that but I think that that's the bare bottom even if the offense is 32nd dead last in the league. A guy um, at Mahomes 2X, which I believe is in reference to his two Super Bowl rings, responded to my tweet about the Titans and said their offense is pitiful. And my response is simply, I said it's largely unproven. Burks, Phillips, Spears, Aconquo, Dillard, Skaronsky, all of them have high ceilings that the Titans, as a team, are expecting those guys to realize this season. From an outsider's perspective, though, I totally understand why they would seem horrible. Like you don't know any of these guys or their game. If you're not a fan of the Titans or it's your job to cover the Titans, or maybe you're a fan of another AFC South team. And so you're adjacent to them. And here's my point, JT, you as a, as a, whoever is listening as a fan, as a member of the media, as a player, as a coach, whoever you are, you should be completely understanding of people who think this Titans team is going to suck this year because you have done and will do the exact same thing. Here is why. I think people forget that the average fan really only pays attention to their own team and maybe the teams in their division. And other than that, um, not a whole lot, like just, you know, very adjacent. Like it, it, it's my job to cover the NFL, right? Yours as well. We know a lot about a lot of things in the NFL. They're obviously not the most, but we know a lot, a lot more than the average fan. Even then, if you were to come to me, you know, if you if you worked for Carolina Panthers local radio station and you called me up today and was like, hey, we want you to do a spot tomorrow on the radio. And I'd be like, awesome. Great. About the Titans? No, no, no. Oh, OK. AFC South. No, no, no. The the draft? I can do the draft. No, no, no. We want you to talk about the, the Panthers and the uh, NFC South race. I don't know if I can do that, man. Like, I don't, I don't feel qualified to, I don't know a ton about the Panthers. Most folks just don't know about teams on a nitty gritty level beyond their stars. It's the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allen's and the Nick Bosa's. And, you know, even on a smaller level, like, you know, most people would recognize a Jeffrey Simmons. Most would recognize a, um, I'm trying to think of like mid mid tier examples of players like uh, in Allen Robinson, you know, an aging receiver, but he had a big name at one time household names, right? When it comes to a team like this Titans team, and I think that they're unique in this capacity um, this year, at least like the, the extent because of this roster construction, how many known household quantities names on this roster are there really like it's still the Derrick Henry show. But he's by nature of his position, everyone it's it's he's got a little Travis Kelseyitis where it's like, oh, this is the year he's going to fall off. Like for sure. Like surely he can't keep it up. Right. Which if you remove your Titans fan bias, you're like, yeah, that's a reasonable thing to think, because I guarantee any Titans fan. It's like, how dare you think that this is the year he falls off? 
You point to any other running back with the same workload as him in the NFL and be like, what do you think about this guy? They'd say, oh, he's, this is the year he's done. Dalvin cook, not happening. Like that's just natural to think. Ryan Tannehill folks have been largely out on because from afar, he doesn't seem like one of those quarterbacks that can carry a team. Re there's reasonable arguments on both sides of, of that coin. And then beyond that, JT, it's a ton of new guys. Like this is a really young team as compared to what they've been in the past. And on the offense in particular, which my reply was basically if folks really paid attention to football the way they should. And maybe if we were having this conversation in the year 2012, it'd be different. I feel like in our lifetimes, people have gone from looking at football as a team sport to today, the, the parody of the parody of the parody of our society, you know, it's like reality meets meets humor. And it's it truly is. We've gone so far down the rabbit hole. The hyperbole has gone so far that really it's like whoever your quarterback is, that's what we think of your team. Like pretty much just your quarterback, maybe your coach, and maybe one of 15 skill guys in the league. But that's, you know, Patrick Mahomes, we don't care about the rest of the roster. You got Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, they've got Josh Allen. What? Tell me about the Titans. Whew, Ryan Tannehill and an aging Derrick Henry. That's, you know, eh, eh, that's an X from me. Folks just don't know about teams, and they don't really care about anything besides offense. In 2012, we would be talking about like, well, you know, this Titans team, the offense, I don't know, but... This defense is good. I think the average fan would be like, they got a good defense. JT, am I crazy in thinking today, folks, largely, at least maybe just in June and July, they just pretend defense doesn't exist when it comes to their handicapping of the league? That's that's what it comes across to me as. I, I mean, yeah, I would say so. Because um, to your point, I was just curious. Like, as as you were saying, like, this defense basically is all returning. And if they're not going to, try their hardest to, as Brett said, scrape Mike Vrabel's team to an eight win team. You just, right. you just don't know this team. And I was curious, like just like down the stretch, like in the last um, six or seven games in which they lost all six or seven before the Ryan Tannehill injury and everything else. When they were missing many, all the defensive starters, yes. you mean that period? And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, still how close were these games? I mean, they only lost to the Bengals by four, uh, they only lost to the Chargers by a field goal. They only lost to Houston by five. They only lost in the last game of the season um, by four. The other games were a little. I don't bit know of how much they lost to still... Dallas by, but in the in entering the fourth quarter, the Titans running a literal practice squad, they were still in the game. So like, it's really that Eagles game is the blowout. But besides that, it, it was games that they were all in. Um, and, and that's that's my point, right? That I I don't expect any fan in July and the year of our Lord 2023 to even consider defenses in their handicapping. I wish you would because it like no ball, please. I, once again, I am here to ask you to no ball. I um, mean, there is an entire side of the, the, like the defense does matter. Maybe it's not 50, 50, like it used to be, but it's a big part of it. And there are teams like the Ravens and the Steelers, for example, that it feels like have been relevant for the last 20 years, not because they always have an awesome offense, but because their defense can always be relied upon to be better than you think it is. And they can kind of carry at times. I want to name an example of I mentioned the Panthers is like, I think if you ask the average Titans fan to talk about the Panthers, they would they would have a really negative perception of them because they'd be like, OK, Bryce Young, maybe maybe somebody who's a real believer in Bryce Young to be an immediate impact in year one is all in. Um, maybe that's a bad example. Maybe more like Atlanta. You're rocking with Desmond Ritter. They've added some offensive weapons that are sexy and flashy. But if you're not entrenched in that division within that team, how much can you tell me about that roster? 
And because I'm sitting here, I'm I'm using it as an example. I'm just assuming. I don't even know, JT. I'm sure that there are players on that team and on a number of teams that we could mention that are kind of periphery in the minds of folks that are Titans fans, where there are uh, like you know they have their own Burks and Phillips and Spears and Aconquo and Dillard and Skaronskis on the roster that they as you know a a Arizona Cardinals fan base, an LA Rams fan base you know, the inner circles of that, of that bubble are really excited about and can't wait to see and think might, you know, Oh, they might surprise some folks this year. They may be better than you think. Um, you know, like the commanders, for example, maybe a great team folks that are fans of the commanders, maybe big on Sam Howell and be like, there's a lot of players on this team that you don't know about, but they're going to pop this year. Just you wait and see. And I don't want to discredit them for that because again, like we, we don't know. Now my, my point to this guy was that now, maybe Burks and Phillips and Spears and Aconquo and Dillard and Skaronsky, they all have high ceilings. And, and we, I think people would agree that if, if I told you all, all of those guys reached 90% or better of their potential this year, what do you think about the Titans year? They, they would say, oh, that, that changes things. I'd say they're a lot better than folks think. That's what the Titans are obviously hoping for. We don't know how many of and who and to what extent these guys are going to succeed. So while teams around the league think this about their guys, many, I'd say half are proven delusional every year because not everybody can be right. Not everybody can be good. The team that comes to mind most when I think about this concept of like not judging folks that aren't in your team's circle that don't know a ton about your team um, too harshly for thinking your team is bad because it's not it's they, they say it's bad. You need to take that listen to it and say, okay, what they mean is it's unproven because they just don't know the team. And that's true. This Titans team, I, that's kind of why I've danced around it all offseason, saying, are they going to be good? Are they going to be bad? My point is, I don't really want to answer because they're so unproven, I don't know. I'm very confident the defense will be good. The offense, I think they have the ability to be way better than folks think. I also think that there's a reality in which, you know, Burks plays seven games and Phillips is still made of glass and Tajay Spears' knee is not existent, and Chikakonkwo is awesome, but it doesn't matter because the rest of the team sucks, and Andre Dillard was traded away from the Eagles for a reason, and Peter Skaronsky has some growing pains as a first-year offensive lineman. Like, There's realities in which things go poorly as well, so I don't know, and if you as a fan, when you're honest in your heart of hearts, don't know, then how can you expect fans that are peripherally paying attention to your team? to know or to care or to think that those things matter um, without it being proven to them first and them seeing it first. And JT, to wrap this up, the team that comes to mind for me first, it's the 2022 Seahawks. Do you remember how we all felt about that team? This time, a year ago, they had moved off of Russ. They got back in the trade, freaking Drew Locke and uh, that that tight end whose name I'm blanking on. and Noah Fant. A, a, Noah Fant, thank you, and, and a bunch of a bunch of picks and it's like, okay, rebuild time in Seattle. This team, whoo, they're going to be tough. This is going to be a rough they, they cup, a pair of rookie tackles, a pair of rookie cornerbacks that are all for starting yikes. And yet when you listened to folks that were diehard Seahawks fans, and I, I'm not going to say like I was, I was tuned into it before. Like I really wasn't. I went to the season. I mean, I bet on the Seahawks in that first game against the spread. I didn't think they'd win, but I thought that they'd cover better than they won outright against the Broncos in that Russell revenge game. And they went on to be one of the better teams in the NFC and make it to, I think nine or 10 wins, get a playoff spot. And now they're returning the whole team. Geno Smith pops off. Like 
I'm I'm positive that they were Seahawks fans that are sitting in this that were sitting in the same seat that a lot of Titans fans who are optimistic right now are in the sense that they're like, y'all don't know, you don't get it. And you know what? I don't expect you to get it because this team is like a there's a lot of sleeping giants on this team that whose potentials haven't been realized. But once they are, you're gonna see. And to their credit, we saw. So my point being, and maybe this is the dumbest rant I've ever gone on this show. Like I'm sitting here thinking, is this stupid? Does this make any sense? Maybe it doesn't. I'm hope I'm hopeful that this makes some kind of sense. But my basic thought is that like you really shouldn't expend a lot of time or energy on getting upset if you're a Titans fan at folks thinking that this team is going to stink. Because why would you expect them to with so many question marks or potential marks on this offense? Guys that you have a lot of hope for. But in terms of track record, in terms of on paper in the NFL, it's just a, we haven't seen it yet. It hasn't happened. We got to get to September. Does any of that make sense to you, JT? Yes, but I just okay. have to point out that <laughs> that my, my, fav, my favorite part was the fact that in your worst case scenario of the Titans offense in, yeah. in this worst case scenario, Chicken Conco good. is still yeah. just really yeah, good. I, I, got, <laughs> <laughs> I got to him on the list and I was like, I'm not doing it to my boy. I'm not doing it. That is the one thing I've said this before on this show, on the radio last week, the only thing about this offense. And I mean, the only thing that I am 1000% confident in. And I like, I can't, it's vibes. Like I don't have, empirical data besides all the promising numbers we've seen from last year i can't prove he'll be healthy i can't prove he'll take a step i can just tell you what i've seen at practice and the vibes the vibes could not be higher on chigakonkwo and i refuse to to stomp them out i refuse to not um stoke that flame and let it burn as bright as possible so i'm sure you don't have any issue with me even in the worst case titans offense scenario claiming chig is awesome like I, I think we both agree that he's just going to be awesome no matter what happens no i no i agree i just thought that i just had to point that out <laughs> that is that's I fair to point that, out. i found yeah. that very funny all right um sorry if that rant was the dumbest um you know warm-up that i have all year long but listen this is the i think this is the very bottom of the barrel the content should get better from here as we <laughs> have more to talk about so if that's the worst then so be it i you know i, I still feel like it was necessary all right a couple of titans news topics we'll get into jt and we'll get out of here Let's get to Titans news with JT. Yeah, so on Friday, we talked about MPF being suspended for uh, six games for gambling. And then that's got to be the worst thing that happens to a Titans player. Yeah, of course. There's no way it gets worse than that. There's nothing else that could have happened like literally like 24 hours later. (laughs) That was even worse. Oh, wait. Titans running back Hassan Haskins got arrested. Um, What's so? So it was reported that the Tennessee Titans running back Hassan Haskins and girlfriend were both jailed in a domestic violence exchange. He reportedly strangled her after she liked another man's Instagram photo and brandished a handgun after she ripped a chain from his neck. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, not a not a great weekend to be a Tennessee Titan. (laughs) So, like, you know, No, it, it, it not a good, not a great weekend to be a 2022 selection um, for for the Tennessee Titans. Not not True. to be a, a, like I, I saw a lot of people saying, let's everybody grab grab Traylon Burks, grab Kyle Phillips, grab Chickaconquo, somebody lock grab grab uh, Roger McCreary, somebody lock them up and just make them sit on their hands until August so they can't get themselves in trouble. Yeah, um, I, I tweeted the link to that and it was reported initially by Scoop Nashville on Twitter. Um, I said that this, as Mike Vrabel puts it, 
definitely qualifies as dumb shit that hurts the team. And it continues apace last week with MPF and, and then with what Haskins did. Vrabel made it clear to us in the media, and we talked about it at length on the show, at the end of OTAs, that this period of the year, right, between spring practice and training camp, is the most important of the offseason. So you, you can't imagine he's super pleased with how things have gone so far. I, I'm already literally, I sat here yesterday or two days ago when this news came out, sat here and tried to imagine what that opening press conference is going to be like with him at the end of this this uh, this month. Because, like, obviously we have to start with those things. Maybe something crazy will happen before then. Please, please God, no. Um, maybe, maybe they'll sign DeAndre Hopkins and we can start on a, on a positive note. But I, I feel like it's going to be asking about MPF and Hassan Haskins to start. And I'm sure he's going to be super jazzed to talk about those things. Let's let's first talk about what actually happened. Because we, we are, you know, a news show. We want to report all the facts to folks um, so that they can know what went on. This was from the article um, on Scoop Nashville's report from the, the the Saturday that Haskins was jailed. It actually ha happened on Thursday. Hassan Haskins was jailed on Thursday after reportedly strangling girlfriend Micaiah Green when she liked another man's Instagram photo in a subsequent argument over their breakup. Haskins reportedly kicked through a door in their home and cocked a handgun and stated, I hope you would as he threatened to slash her tires. She threatened to slash his tires after ripping a $5,000 chain from his neck. She was also jailed during a second argument over their breakup. Um, and then it goes on to say, fast forward to June 29th, Haskins and Micaiah are at bourbon steak by Michael Mina eating dinner while discussing ending their relationship. He abruptly left the restaurant, leaving her to wait for an Uber to return home. She returned home to find Haskins already inside. She threw a glass at him, shattering it, and then locked herself inside the bedroom. She says Haskins kicked and punched through the door, breaking it in half so he could enter. During the subsequent argument, she ripped the $5,000 chain from his neck, breaking it. He shattered her phone, which was on the nightstand. She then retrieved Haskins' old iPhone so she could call her mother. While she turned on the phone, she said the screen filled with notifications and messages from a Snapchat. It was a barrage of um, inappropriately clad women and chats with them. She then shattered the phone and assaulted him physically, which she says was um, for being extremely was from being extremely upset with him. Micaiah then retrieved a knife from the kitchen and moved toward the garage to slash the tires of his vehicle. Haskins cocked a gun and said, I hope you would. Uh, messy situation, to be sure. Obviously, two people that need some serious help. And uh, it sounds like, unfortunately, Hassan Haskins, who I've had the opportunity to speak to and have some relationship with in the past year and change, um, doesn't seem like a very great guy, unfortunately. Really gross. Um, obviously, laying your hands on a woman ever. Not okay. And uh, it seems very likely that he is done with the Tennessee Titans um, and may be done with his NFL career. It's always murky with these things in the NFL, JT, because like we talked about with MPF, ironically, on Friday, when there's the justice system involved, as it is here, you know, he's a, he and his girlfriend are arrested. There's going to be, you know, lawsuits and a trial and all of these things. It then is up to the league and the commissioner to, to consider putting him on a commissioner exempt list if and when the Titans choose to retain him on the roster. I'm kind of wondering if they're even going to bother because they have guys in terms of running back depth that can backfill. Not as good as Haskins, but, you know, frankly, and maybe unfortunately, how good you are in the NFL has a, a big say in the leniency with which you are treated when you mess up. 
you know, like a Tyree kill gets himself in trouble. Like he's been in the past couple of days. There, is anybody sitting here questioning whether or not he's going to play for the dolphins this year? I, I don't, I don't think so. Alvin Kamara punches a dude out in Vegas and really messes him up. And he played an entire season and may play some more of this upcoming season before he ever gets in trouble and is stopped. So Haskins has the, the misfortune of having done something terrible and also not be very good at football. I already didn't really love Haskins on this. I, I, nothing against him, obviously. I just thought he was kind of a, you know, a very replaceable Jag, just a guy on this roster with, um, Ty J Spears, the rookie out of Tulane coming in this year, offering that element of the, the passing game and on the ground that the Titans needed to have a complimentary and balanced running game. I already, and then I tweeted this out. Like if the Titans do go into 2023 without Haskins, which I'd wager they are, the good news is that you're not really going to feel the impact of his loss. He, he was going to, I think that Haskins, or excuse me, um, Henry and, and Spears were already, before this happened, going to get 95 plus percent of the workload. Haskins was going to be used on the odd blocking down. Um, he's a very, you know, he's a very good, I'd say a, a good to very good blocking running back. And they utilized him a lot on third downs last year, especially when they didn't have, um, they did not have, God, I continue to blank on his name. Um, the running back who, who tore his ACL last year. Why I have Dontrell Hilliard. Dontrell Hilliard. Thank you. Goodness. I can't. I'm sorry, Dontrell. Um, they lost Dontrell Hilliard and then Haskins saw some more work, as well as guys like um uh, Mr. Mr. Chestnut, Julius Chestnut out of Sacred Heart, who was a UDFA last year, who I think suddenly has a pretty decent chance of making the roster all of a sudden. It's gonna be him and Jonathan Ward competing. Folks ask me who's gonna be the third guy, who's gonna be the I, I don't know. There's there's three or four guys on the roster right now competing for that spot, but for my money, based on what we saw so far from OTAs, it's going to be Jonathan Ward and Julius Chestnut battling for that third position. And one of those two guys will likely get that roster spot. Um, Where the Titans will feel this loss most, if and when it happens, number one is on special teams. He was a stud special teamer, one of the best in the league last year. Uh, certainly one of the best, if not the best, on the team. And that's going to be a, a, a real blow dealt to the Titans special teams unit. You're also going to miss him, obviously, in the depth department for running backs. But luckily, I think the depth is plenty serviceable to replace him and his usage. And then, like I mentioned, the odd blocking down. So um, in in short, I'm sure we'll find out more about what his status with the team and what the league is going forward. Obviously, a very gross and ugly situation with him and his girlfriend. And um, I would kind of expect him to no longer be a thing when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, so then we'll move on to some better news, I would say. Um, Trey got married this this past weekend. Thank so. God somebody's behaving themselves, huh? Look <laughs> exactly, at that. Exactly, right? Yeah, uh, just really nothing to say besides congrats, Traylon, right? I mean, yeah. looked like he and his beautiful wife had a great ceremony, and he's, I'm sure, what do you think they're going to honeymoon? They're going to go pig hunting or duck hunting? Which of the two is it going to be? <laughs> He's going to teach her how to chase down a wild boar and kill it with a knife with his own bare hands. That's what I'm imagining they're doing for their their honeymoon. Of course, um, yeah. No better, no better options out there. Maybe the maybe the biggest concern with trailing right now is, buddy. Like I, I can speak from firsthand experience. Don't go get fat on that honeymoon. It's going to be. He's probably <laughs> going to an all inclusive somewhere. He's going to have a lot of food, a lot of drinks at his disposal. He lost all that weight for OTAs. I would imagine he's going to stay disciplined and not put it back on. But if we get to training camp and he's put a couple extra pounds on. We're going to know where it came from. 
Um, so yeah, that's it for today. We're going to get out of here now. Kind of a weird episode, just a, a smorgasbord of different things to get into. We'll be back on Friday. Like I mentioned, we have got something exciting lined up for that real quick. Uh, I'm going to mention the detail, the details on that here in a second, but first, um, can't go an episode now without mentioning our partnership with Zen Sportsbook. We are now partnered with the newest sports betting platform in the state of Tennessee, Zen Sports. You can earn an unlimited 5% cash back welcome bonus with them when you sign up with our code HOTPOD, H-O-T-P-O-D. You download from wherever you get your apps, the Zen Sports Sportsbook app. When you sign up and create an account, they will ask you for a referral code. Type in code HOTPOD, H-O-T-P-O-D. And why should you get on Zen Sports instead of the book that you already have or a more known quantity in a book? First of all, we have personally, JT and I vetted the folks over at Zen Sports. We have faith in them and their their enterprise and them as business folks. So um, we believe in the product. We believe in, in them as um, operators of the product. But also, they're doing it differently than the other books. It's not just another book, another option for you. They are giving you back real money, not this funny money, free bets, credit bets, um, cash back nonsense that other books are giving you where you get back money for a free bet for signing up, but it's site credit and you have to spend it on bets. No, my friend, with Zen Sports, you are getting cash back that you can withdraw and use for whatever you'd like up to 5%. Again, when you use code HOTPOD, unlimited for your first 15 days. On your betting volume. So JT, you can place 15 bets in your first 15 days and they can all lose. Doesn't matter. You're still getting 5% cash back in your wallet. Um, and then after that, 3% cash back forever on your betting volume every single month, which is exciting. So make sure to sign up over at Zen Sportsbook with our code HOTPOD. We'll be using that quite a bit when we get to the best bet gauntlet rolling around the corner here soon. I'm getting ready to dust off the old Action Network app, dust off the old sources, get, get back in... Uh, peak physical and mental shape to absolutely sauce you again this year. So I can't wait to do that. And then uh, on Friday, like we mentioned, very special guest. We're not going to name who it is quite yet, but they are a, an expert on one of the AFC South teams that is not named the Tennessee Titans. And that is why on Thursday, live on Thursday afternoon, and then the podcast up first thing Friday morning, we will be doing our first AFC South roundtable episode on the Indianapolis Colts. That's right. It's pony time, baby. We're talking Indianapolis ponies on Thursday and Friday. Our very special guest will join us live on Thursday. He's a Colts expert. It's going to help us get up to speed, as up to speed as humanly possible, on what is up in Indianapolis. We're going to see you then. Everybody have a safe and fun 4th of July. JT, we'll talk, I'll talk to you Friday. Have a good time this week. Um, for producer JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. Happy 4th, everybody. We'll talk to you on Friday.